that lives in you than he that lives in the world. And what is it by? It is by the blood. It is by the blood. It is by the blood. The very blood of Jesus shed for you on that cross. He went to hell. He rose again. He sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for you at all times. At all times. At all times. And we will not shrink back from this gospel. We will not shrink back from this gospel. Why? Why will we not shrink back? Why will we not give heed to the theories and the ideas of our culture? Because there's no power there. There's no blood there. There's no name of Jesus there. The name above all names. The name that is victory in every situation. Wake up, church. Wake up. What do you have inside of you? Jesus, the risen Lord, the risen Christ, the very image of the unseen God. The very image of the unseen God. If you're not going to run around this church, I pretty much think you don't got it yet. That's what I think. The very image of the unseen God. And we have seen it. We have seen him in Christ. It is time to embrace that gospel. It's time to be transformed by that gospel. It is time to live every day in the revelation knowledge of that gospel. Because it is life and it is truth to you. There is no other life. There is no other truth. But we have been given the key. We have been given all we need. You know, God had a vision of you when he created you. How does God make his vision? How did he make it come to pass? How did he create the whole world? How did he create you? How did he create the earth? How did he create the seas? What? He spoke. Okay, when you come to this church, you do not come to just sit. You come to worship. You come to be free in Christ. You come not to be ashamed. And you, you come to answer. You come to answer to your Lord. So he had a vision when he made every one of you. And you know what? He spoke it when he spoke you into existence. And guess what? He hasn't changed his mind. He hasn't changed his mind. 
He is not moved by your mistakes. He is not moved by your faults. He has the vision, one vision, his vision, his heart for you, and he sees it as being accomplished. Now your only job, your only job is to agree with God. That's all you got to do. Just agree with him. Agree with his word. He has shown us everything about him in his word. Don't make any excuses for yourself. You can hear from God if you're a born-again believer. If you have chosen to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you believe that he is the Son of God, that he was resurrected and sits at the right hand of the Father, then you have an indwelling Holy Spirit. You have Christ in you. You have a recreated spirit. And you know what about your recreated spirit? There is no corruption in it. Corruption comes from the outside. If you choose to agree with Satan. But the recreated image of God in you has no corruption in it. And you know that's how he sees you. He sees you after Christ. You know, there's that scripture that says God is not pleased when we draw back. Can I tell you something about that scripture? Do not equate it in your mind with the thought that God is displeased with you. He says he's not pleased. But why, okay, this is me by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Why would he be displeased? Not in you, not because of your mistakes, not because of your past or your faults. Displeased only because when we choose not to fully embrace him and the Christ in us, we can't, I take that word back. Nothing's impossible with God. It becomes so difficult, much more difficult for us to fulfill that vision. He so in his heart embraces his original vision for you. He's never going to let go of that. And his only displeasure, I believe, is that he so wants you to reach that vision, to encapsulate that vision, to live in that vision. And when we draw back from the gospel, the power, the authority, the Christ in us reality, it's that much harder for us. You see? You you get it? You you know what I'm saying? Or am I not being clear? His heart, his his image of you is the fullness of Christ. The hope of glory in you. In this world, we are like Jesus. 
And that's his heart for you. And that's why he is displeased if you draw back because he knows that if you just yield, if you just follow the Holy Spirit, if you just embrace the Christ reality in you, that you will reach that. He sees you fulfilling that. He doesn't see you any less than that. He doesn't see me any less than that. Make the hope of glory the reality in you by embracing him, by embracing Christ, by following him. He has made it so easy. He's given us all we need. Hallelujah. So anyway, I am so excited. I am so excited about this lesson today. I just love the way that the Lord speaks to us. I just told you the whole lesson. <laughs> and I decree to you today that every chain of the enemy has been broken off of your life. Christ in you, the hope of glory, has overcome the world. Every circumstance opposing the vision of God in your life is broken. The opposition is broken in the name of Jesus. You receive that in Jesus' mighty name. So anyway, in the, in the New Testament dispensation, God is not just with us. <coughs> He's not just with us. He's in us. He is in you. He is in you. He is alive. He is active. He is sharp. We have to become ever more aware of the indwelling presence of Christ in the believer. If you're a believer in Christ. Ever more aware of what that really means. He has made it so that you are the completeness of Christ. Perfected into Christ. When we choose to abide in Christ, we become transformed. A total transformation. Not just getting by, being tossed about by the circumstances of life. Do you know when you look at a circumstance in your life, you're making an idol? That's the truth. Something bothering you today? It's your idol. Because what's happening, what's really, 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 really happening there? You're making it bigger than God. You're making it bigger than the Christ in you.
and you don't want to do that. We are in this world. We are not of it. We are not of the circumstance. We are not ruled by the circumstance when we realize what is in us and we yield to that, to the risen Christ, the risen Christ. Did you hear me say that? The risen Christ. When you are born again, the Holy Spirit comes to reside in you, comes to reside in me. Ever teaching us, ever counseling us, ever comforting us, ever testifying of Jesus. And then we walk in the fullness of that indwelling. Oh, beloved, this is such a big, big gospel. This is such a big, big thing. And you know what? He's just made it so simple because when you choose to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he comes to live in you. He doesn't hold back. He doesn't make you go through, you know, a bunch of works. It's believing uh, on the Lord Jesus. This This world has no hold on us, just like it had no hold on Jesus when we abide in him. If the world had no hold on Christ, it's not going to have a hold on me. Because why? You are a living tabernacle of the Lord Christ. You are his residence. He takes up his presence in you. Wow. How can that be? Us earthen vessels. We earthen vessels. We serve such a loving Father. We serve such a loving Father. We are the, we are, when you're born again, you are the, the living abode of Christ. You are the habitation of him. Hallelujah. The world has no hold, and the world will see his glory through you, through me. So, let's prove through the word. We're going to go to the word. You don't have to take my word for any of this. We are going to go to the word, and we're going to prove it out. Okay, the reality of the fact that Christ is in us, that he is alive, that he is active, that he is powerful, that we are his anointing, we are his life here on this earth, his very image in the here and now, when we abide in him. That's what you were intended to be. That's what you were intended to be. Colossians 2.13. Oh, I didn't even bring my Bible. I got so excited. Yeah, can I have that, please? (laughs) You see, in this world, we are like Christ. It tells us that in 1 John 4.17. It says, in this world, we are like Christ. And I want to go to Colossians 2. In verse 13, if I can see it here. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. God made you alive with Christ, with Christ, with Christ, dwelling in you. When we grasp this reality of this this truly amazing gospel given to us, no trial, no tribulation, 
No temptation can be your demise. No outside circumstance. Because you walk with him in you in his presence. Did anything ever defeat Jesus? No. So we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us and who dwells in us. You are more than a conqueror. Christ, the very image of the unseen God. Can you say that? Christ, the very image of the unseen God? Come on, say it. Dwells in me. Wow. You're more amazing than you think. You are more powerful than you think through him. Hallelujah. The inheritance within you is more powerful than anything you will ever face. The inheritance with you is more powerful than anything outside of you. We must learn to walk from the inside out. The inside out. The atmosphere of heaven in us out to change the world to change the circumstance, to change a particular condition in the world that is not the truth of God and not the truth of his word. Colossians 1.15, Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. That's Christ. All the fullness of God dwelling in Christ. And guess what? He's your friend. Jesus calls you his friend. And there are some big, big benefits that come with being Jesus' friend. John fifteen fifteen. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Wow. Thank you. When we see Jesus... We see the Father. Fully imagine, fully imagine. He says right here that everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Did Jesus know the Father? Fully imagine then, because you can know the Father if you know Jesus. If Jesus is living in you, you can realize that. You can know that, right? You can know the image of the Father. So you've not been left without the proper tools. You get to be a know-it-all. <laughs> In a nice way. <laughs> so fully imagine 
who you have living in you. Oh my goodness. Oh my Lord, you're so good and kind. With you. He's with you. He's in you. He is for you. He's not ever against you. He's your best friend. He calls you his friend right here in the scripture. He who is the very image of the unseen God. So through Christ, through Christ, that image is recreated in us, in the born-again believer. All that God is, all his joy, all his peace, all his patience, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, self-control, right? All that he is. All that he is. His entire character, his entire nature. Victory over every demonic spirit. Did he ever lose? No. Victory over ever dark, every darkness. Victory in the face of sickness. Because these are all demonic oppressions, right? Victory when defeat seems imminent. Because it never is when you abide in Christ. Victory over lack. Your recreated spirit, reborn in Christ, without corruption, able to hear the Holy Spirit, able to listen to the voice of God. We live with Christ in us. Not just roundabout, not just sitting over there in the corner, seeing what we're going to do in you, counseling you, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. He says he counsels you with a loving eye upon you. Hallelujah. So now all we have to do to realize the potential in us, the deposit, this great deposit that has been placed in every believer do not disqualify yourself by your bad acts or thoughts. You can repent for those. But don't disqualify yourself from the deposit that he has put in you. You see what I'm saying? And all we have to do is agree with God. Agree with his word. John 14, 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay. So what does that mean then? What's the exciting part? What's the flip side? It means that if we know Jesus, we get to come to him in all his fullness. That's exciting. That's good news. That's for you. That's a God who's for you. That's a God who loves you. So, you know, we get to know the Father. Complete life, complete love. Hallelujah. Complete transformation. Colossians 1.27. Amen is right. Did y'all get to hear the first part of this message? Should I repeat it all? Oh, you guys are going, no. You know what your heart would really say? Hallelujah. Colossians 1, 27. 
explains to us that it is God's intent for us to be perfect in Christ. Perfect, perfect, perfect in Christ. Don't let that word scare you. That means perfected in all his nature, in all his character, in all his power, in all his authority, in all his anointing, in all his love. Let's read it. Colossians 1.27. To them, he's talking about believers, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. So if he's making it known, it's no longer a mystery no longer a mystery to you, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. You know what I want? I want a revelation of just how big that really is. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) I don't know why I have a tickle in my throat today. which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This has been made known to us. This is wonderful. (coughs) This is absolutely amazing. This is the goodness of God, the love of God for us. This is what his love has done for us, right? We proclaim him, I'm in verse 28, we proclaim him, We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom. That's why we learn and we study the scripture, the word. So that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. Perfect in Christ. That is God's vision of you. Hello? Do you know that's God's vision of you? Perfect in Christ? Yeah, well, don't let the devil ever steal that from you. Don't let the devil talk to you and lie to you and tell you that you've been disqualified. Remember a couple weeks ago when I said that the Lord had spoken to me and said that his inner image of you was sent forth by his word when he created you, and he has not changed his mind about that. He sees you completing the perfection of Christ in your life. That, that's, your, that's your position in him. So, let's look at the word perfect. You know, people get really baffled by that word. Because when you hear the word perfect, immediately you're like, well, I'm not perfect. Yeah, we know that in the flesh. <laughs> we know that. You see? But we have a God who does not define us by our fault. He wants you to repent when you do something against the word. But you will not forever be defined. You see? You're defined through the blood. So I went to Strong's, of course, to look up the word perfect. And this is so exciting. This will really help you understand God's vision. Perfect. Having reached its end. That's how he sees you. Having reached the end. In other words, his vision, his goal, his image of why he created you. Complete, perfect. See, that's really bad grammar right there. You never define a word by itself. 
So, but anyway, they redeem themselves and they go on. It says, complete in all its parts. In all its parts. That means complete in every part of you. Every part. When you, when you feel like you have a weakness, when you see a weakness in your life, he sees you completed in him in that. What does it say in our weakness? What does it say? Yeah. Yeah. His strength comes through us. He meets us with his strength. He understands our frailties. But he doesn't want you to focus on that. Okay, it goes on for perfect. Full grown, of full age, especially of the completeness of Christian character. Okay, I don't really so much like that, but who am I to disagree with strong? So I would just add to that, especially of the completeness of God's image and likeness. That's what I would put there. But I'm just me. Okay, this root, the root of the word perfect, means reaching the end, reaching the aim. So much of it depends on what you are aiming for. What are you aiming for? What are you aiming for? Fullness. Excellent answer. Completeness of Christ. That's the goal. We will not stop short. We will not be deceived. It means reaching the end, reaching the aim. It is well illustrated with the old pirate's telescope unfolding, extending out, one stage at a time to function at full strength. Are you going to come to the goal, the aim, functioning in full strength? Yes. Functioning at full strength, full capacity, full effectiveness. I want to be fully effective for Christ. So that's you. That's how he sees you. That's God's intent for you. That's his vision of you, complete and perfect in Christ. So don't let that word scare you anymore. He created you with, the, with this vision, with that vision in mind, and he will never change his mind about you. He sees you completed in Christ. He, it is his vision of you, regardless of your mistakes or how you see yourself. If you see yourself other than this, then, then that's foolish. Because it's less than he thinks. He tells us to put our sights on higher things. Okay? I'm not calling y'all fools. I didn't, you know, you know, I don't mean it that way. But that is a foolish thought. In other words, a thought that, that has no credence, it has no truth, it has no wisdom in it. Okay? He, the Lord, defines you by his love. Not by your weakness. Does that make sense? So, when we live in Christ from the inside out, 
from the inside, Christ in me. I'm going to live from the inside out. We will all reach that vision that God has intended for us. Okay, let's go back to John 14. Verse 7. If you really knew me, this is Jesus talking, if you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. So see, nothing's being kept from you. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. (coughs) Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you so long, such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? You know him, beloved. You know him. You have full capability of knowing the intimate, having intimacy with your Father. So in other words, what is, what is Jesus saying to Philip? He, he's basically saying, what is it that you're not understanding right now? What's going to help you get revelation of this? And Jesus explains the most powerful doctrine important to us in this present time. In this present time, in order, in order for us to live as his representatives, as his ambassadors, standing in his presence for his glory. And his glory emanating from us, right? Because that's the only thing that changes the world. So here's what he says. Don't you believe? That is a key question. Don't you believe? In other words believe that I am in the Father, that the Father is in me. The words I say to you are not just my own. And do you know when Christ is in you, this becomes you? Put yourself in this scripture, please. Say your name in this scripture, please. Okay? He says, the words I say to you, in other words, all y'all, are not just my own. Rather, rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Jesus Christ living in you when you yield is doing his work. He wants you to succeed. He's for you. He's not putting up roadblocks, not keeping secrets. Believe me when I say, you know, Jesus was a man, just like you are men and women, listening to the Holy Spirit. No different. The same. What he understood What Jesus understood was his unity with the Father. When you understand the veil's been torn and you have unity with the Father, you are unstoppable in terms of fulfilling God's plan in your life. 
Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. See, in this scripture, the miracles he's speaking were to show people the Father. I tell you the truth. Anyone, anyone who has faith in me, that's Jesus, will do what I have been doing he will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Nothing has been held back from you. You are to replicate and do greater things than Jesus. We must, we must, we must, we must walk in this revelation, in this truth, in this reality, in these words given to us by our Lord and Savior, which came from the Father. The same words. He only spoke what his Father spoke. He only did what his Father did. So we have to walk in this revelation knowledge in order to do the greater works for God's glory. And in order to live that victorious life, fully intended, fully given to us to live in this world, transforming our lives, transforming other people's lives, transforming our culture. If you don't like what you see in your culture, get a little closer to Jesus. And then let it shine. And don't shrink back. God has not left us short of any good thing needed to walk in his victory, in his presence, in his demonstration, in the here and now. He has given us Christ in us. John 16, 33 says, I have overcome the world. It's very plain and simple. I have overcome the world. John 14, 19. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Hallelujah. That's good news. Because I live, you also will live. Thank you, Father. Living in me in the here and now and for eternal life with you. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father. You are in me, Jesus. And I, Jesus, am in you. He cannot put it any more directly. What kind of power, what kind of authority, what kind of love, what kind of victory, what kind of demonstration do you have in you? You just follow him and the rest will take care of itself. You don't have to chase a manifestation. It'll be Jesus just coming right out. And he can't do anything bad. He can only do things good. He can only do things from the love of the Father. He can only heal the sick. He can only be your else to die. He can only be Jehovah Nishi, the banner that goes before you. He can only be Jehovah Rapha. He can only be Jehovah Shammah. He can only be Jehovah Sidkanu. Can't be anything else. So, 
Neither can you. If you're yielded, it's impossible. <laughs> Did you ever look at it that way? So I was in some, I was in a scripture here, I know, okay. John 14. I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those are the most beautiful words in the entire universe. <laughs> I am in you. Wow. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. You're going to be shown the Father. Just love on him. Just follow him. Just abide in him. Just let him grow you up. Let him grow me up. The entire purpose of Jesus was to please the Father. To show his love here, demonstrate his love here, and to please the Father. To fulfill his will. Hallelujah. To glorify him, to please him, to do and say all that the Father didn't say and had for him to do and say. So when we abide in him, we get to do the same thing. We get to do what Jesus did and even greater. John 14, 31. But the world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. John 14, 10. Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, the words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. That's what you're going to do. His work, same as Jesus, when you commit your way to him. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. We can't, we can't dwell on these scriptures enough. Y'all just like go, go to John 14, 15, 16, 17, and just read them over and over and over and over. And the power of this revelation will just get so strong on the inside of you that you will become, you know, just fierce. Fierce for him. So we're called to do the same, and we can do it because he lives in us. He lives in us and through us, and he actually resides inside of us. The living, active, loving power and authority of the almighty God, the creator of the universe, living in you through Jesus. That's big stuff. And when we yield, when we yield, it is the Father speaking. It is the Father acting through you. You just yield. What does that look like? What does yielding look like? You just ask him. You just, you just say, what do you want me to do here, Lord? You know, read the word, know the word. What do you want me to do here? He'll answer you. He'll answer you. It's entirely possible and entirely tended, intended for you to live this way. Okay, let's prove it some more in the Word. John 14, 23. 
If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Do you know the people in your home? Do you know them pretty well? Isn't that sweet? Isn't that sweet? He's going to make his home with you. He already has. You know, you just have to realize it. Hallelujah. John 17, 7. Now they know, this is Jesus talking again, now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I, Jesus, gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. Believe the word. It is not too good to be true. It is the truth of God. It is the creative power of God. It is the living force of God. It is the breath of God. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. Verse 10. All I have, that's Jesus speaking, continuing to speak, all I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I have given them your word. Do you have his word? And the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Word, world. You are not of the world any more than Jesus was of the world. So can you do what he did? Can you do greater? Because he told you so? Because you are not of the world, you are of the word. That's what defines you. In all its capacity, in all its glory, in all its power, in all its love and authority. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. 16, they are not of the world even as I am not of it. Do you see Jesus making, equating you with his position? Do you see that? Same position. So he's saying, we're not of this world, but we're of him. They know everything about you, God, because I told them so. That's you. He's told us. He's the exact image of the Father, possessing every characteristic, every personality trait, every thought, doing every action by the Holy Spirit here on this earth, just like you do. He's given you the Holy Spirit to do the very same thing. So he's making it very, 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 very clear, very easy, very, very clear, very easy. All that he has made known to us is the fullness, the completeness of Christ in the gospel. And when we accept him, our very beings are transformed. Your very being is no longer the old man. Your very being is in the image of the invisible God. The very possibilities for your life 
have become supernatural. So why are you thinking about it in, in natural terms? Why do you ever think there's something you can't do in him? If you have committed your way to the Lord Jesus Christ in any situation, why would you ever think that, it, that his perfect will would not be accomplished in your life? This is a supernatural resurrection spirit put on the inside of you. Supernatural resurrection spirit in our spirits. He comes to live in us, alive with all of his life, all of his glory, all of his capacity, no longer just with, no longer just upon, like in the Old Testament, but in us. We are no longer of the world. We are of what? We are of the kingdom of God. The atmosphere of heaven resides in you. Heaven's gates are open. You do not have a bronze ceiling over you. Verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone, because he had been praying for the disciples, okay? And now he's going to pray for you. He is praying for you. Do you think his prayers are for you are going to be answered? Do you think he sees them being answered? Yes. Okay, so he's, he's praying for you right here. How precious. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us. Oh, we have such a good, kind, gracious, and big, big God. And why? Why, sh why does he want us to be in him, in them, in Jesus, in the Father? So that the world may believe. That's how the world believes. They see Jesus in you. Miss Carolyn knows about that. Yesterday, she and Miss Sue, the two of them had a big event. They put on a shower for Miss Anna Marie, who's getting married this weekend. So y'all pray for her. Pray for them. She's marrying a godly man, and you guys pray for God's perfect will. He loves the Lord. She loves the Lord. Good things. So anyway, she goes to a specific store, and at the store, nothing's ready when it was supposed to be ready, and it's all goofed up, and it's not right. Well, in the fleshly man, you might get angry. You might say, you said it was going to be done at this time, and it's not done, and I have a thing to go to, and this is unacceptable. I hope you all wouldn't do that. But what did she do? She's like, it's okay. You guys are working so hard. You look so hot back there. I'll just go walk around the store for a bit. And then someone else witnesses this thing and says, oh my, you have the patience of Job. You see, people notice. 
she could have thrown a fit, and she could have had a very poor testimony. But she testified of Jesus in patience. Hallelujah. And he actually came to church here this morning. You see, God is always drawing. You may not know what situation is going to draw somebody. Anyway, Father, is that where I was? Yeah, that all may be one, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe. That the world may believe. That's why Galatians 5.25 tells us that if we live by the Spirit, we need to keep in step with the Spirit. She kept in step with the Spirit. She didn't, she didn't go over into the carnal. We, li- we live and we walk in the Spirit, in the simplest of matters. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. He just keeps repeating this. Do you think he wants you to understand something? I in them and you in me. This establishes, don't ever question it again, your Christ-likeness. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. No difference. No difference. You are loved just as much as the Father loved Jesus because he sees you the same. No different, not at all. Father, verse 24, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, and that's not just physical, it includes that in terms of eternity and all that, but it is positional and revelatory. I want where I am and to see my glory. See, because he wouldn't have said that otherwise. And, and, And if he's put his glory in us, the same glory that God gave him, that means it's for this earth. It's for our walk here. Not just by and by glory. To see my glory, the glory that you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. He loved us and gave us his glory before the creation of the world. And we are going to walk in that revelation to see it and to, to receive full revelation, to walk in the power and the presence of his glory. That is what he intends for you, to walk in the power and the presence of his glory. to be with him where he is, in power, in demonstration, in love, in authority, in glory, in image, in presence and likeness. This is not just looking at Jesus, this man who walked the earth and and getting pictures of him. This is knowing him on the inside of you. Knowing him on the inside of you. Christ in you has overcome the world. Verse 26. I have made you known to them. This is Jesus talking. I have made you, Father, known to them 
and will continue to make you known in order that the love that you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Wow. That is so powerful. That's his heart. That's his heart. No different. Thank you, Lord. So we have to walk in like-mindedness with Christ. Agree with him. Agree with what he says about you here. Ever aware of his presence and his image in, in you. We just agree with the word. We keep reading the word. We just follow Jesus. We just continue to just fall in love with him. Continue to receive his love. And we will live from the inside out rather than being tossed about from the outside in. You know? Rather than having the circumstances become our idols, he remains our inner king, our inner lord, our inner savior. We have the atmosphere of heaven. You see, every, everything outside is temporal. It's fleeting. But you have in you the risen king, the lion of the tribe of Judah. You have the very atmosphere of heaven residing on the inside of you. And you just grab hold of it and run with it, beloved. You just, you just take hold of that and run with it. Say, I'm, I'm not turning back. I'm not shrinking back. No one's telling me any different. Jesus says he's in us and we believe him. He has made everything about himself known to us. Everything we need to be his glory here, to be his manifestation, to be his presence to others here. Back to John 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. But you see, you know your master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Everything, everything, everything. We walk with Christ in us, the exact image of the unseen God. And as we draw near to him, as we abide in him, spend time with him, to know him, follow him, he becomes he becomes and he builds in us this strong tower, strong tower, the rock, the Jesus, the word, a fortress of the almighty God. That's what you have in you. Fortress of the almighty God, disabling, totally disabled, every force of darkness. You just go ahead and laugh when those circumstances try to come against you. And you say, uh-uh, devil, you just ran into your map match. Someone greater than you. More powerful, more loving, more kind. You have been defeated by my Christ. Hallelujah. Okay, well, that's what the Lord had me say today. 
That's what he was teaching us. And I, I really think he's, I don't know, but there's a couple other things he wanted me to say in these. John 14, 15, 16, 17. So we'll probably get to those in the coming weeks. I don't know. See how he leads. Anyway, our sweet Anna Marie is getting married this weekend. So next weekend, I'm not going to be preaching. It will be Brother Brian. So y'all come and just hear a wonderful word from him. And we're going to take